0: Appalachia. Nobody truly knows where the word came from, but it seems that most folks have their own idea of what it is. Everything from run-down mobile homes full of meth heads to beautiful mountaintop views. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world, and once stood over 30,000 feet into the air. They span the eastern North America from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. Hello. I'm Larry Bentley I was born and raised in these very mountains. I for one know that they are a source of unending tales and adventure. I also know that the views of an Appalachian as to what happens outside these mountains is a bit different than one might think. Join me as uh, we take a journey through these old Appalachian Mountains and beyond. I think you'll be surprised at how it goes. Welcome to season 3 of Appalachian Murder Mystery and Legend. Friends, I hope you're doing well today, and thank you so much for stopping by. Well, the weather's been a-cooling off for a spell now, leaves are turning fast, and there's a bit of uneasiness on the wind. It's the time of year when going into the mountains becomes especially weird. I say that like I've never been into the mountains without something weird happening to begin with, don't I? But this time of the year, with Halloween knocking on the door, you can bet that you'll find a whole thing step up a notch or 12 on the E scale real quick. The Appalachian Mountains are chock-plum full of ghost stories and monster sightings, and, which made me realize that I could quite possibly be pounced on, arrested, dragged into custody, and charged with negligence if I didn't take this time of the year and tell you about a few that'll crawl you nate. So sit on back there and make yourself to home while I do just that right now. Now, the sooner I get through this, the sooner you can get back to your Halloween business at hand. Happy Halloween. Now, Max Meadows is a little community that's not really a town. It was named as a U.S. Census location back in the early days of this country. A U.S. Census location is just that, basically a named place where the government and its bureaucrats know where to find you. It also happens to be the place where my grandma Elsie did a good part of her growing up. Anyway, back in the 1700s, before it was even called Max Meadows, a local, um, well, let's just call him a distiller named Joseph Baker, lived in a cabin in Max Meadows. Now, he was known to be a cruel man who kept enslaved people chained to his walls in his basement of his cabin. Now, that was when he wasn't beating the hell out of them or working their asses into an early grave to begin with, like some kind of nutball. Now, probably because he was what we would call a loner, you know, all he had to do was uh, to do the distilling and, uh, and work his slaves and do, do just that day in day out all day long. Now, one night, two of his prisoners, named Bob and Sam, managed to slip the shackles and make a run for it. On the way out, they took the opportunity and an axe and rendered Mr. Baker ineffective in any of his future endeavors by exposing his little pea brain to the elements. Now, there are some sources that say Mr. Baker woke up and confronted Sam and Bob on the way out, and that's what led to the extra ventilation in Mr. Baker's skull. I can't say that I blame them. At that point, they probably were as good as dead anyway if they didn't get away. Now wondering what in the world they were going to do with the body, they stuffed his butt down in a barrel of his own moonshine and let out through the mountains. Uh, Bob and Sam were still running when the long arm of the law finally caught up with them. That was after they found the pickled body of old Joe right there where they'd left him. They were arrested and dragged into court where they were convicted of old man Baker's murder and sentenced to execution by hanging. And both of them were hanged on a, from a tree near the old man's house. Now, a man named Squire David Graham, yes, that's his name, brought the Baker's land in 1826 and built a huge mansion smack on top of where the cabin once stood. Now, I've heard tell the tree that Bob and Sam were hung from was definitely still there as late as the 1950s. Now there are trees all over the place and nobody knows if it's still there or let alone which one it would be because nobody that knew which one it was, you know, most, most anybody that didn't know it's gone on to greener pastures by now. But the Graham family was extremely wealthy so of course they had more enslaved people on the property and Squire David's son, Major Graham, was a noted Confederate lieutenant in the Civil War. Yes, folks, his name was Major. Some sources say that Major even held secret Confederate meetings at the mansion that included some very important higher-ups in the Confederacy. No, those sources didn't do any name-dropping, but higher-ups can mean anything from generals such as Stonewall Jackson or Robert E. Lee all the way up to possibly even Jefferson Davis himself. Now, I have to admit that I heard through the grapevine, which really isn't a reliable source in a lot of times, but that Mr. Davis did stay there a couple of nights. And But, you know, you hear a whole lot in that way when you're looking at this type of stuff. Now, Bob, Sam, and Joseph Baker were far from the only people who died on the mansion property. A young girl named Clara was a war orphan. She was adopted and tutored by Major's sister, Betty. She died from an illness one winter, and her body was wrapped and stored in the mansion until which time the ground could thaw and they could properly bury her. Major's wife, Martha, was depressed and deteriorated into mental illness. So what does Major do? He imprisons her in the mansion to protect his family from her, as he put it, lunatic behavior. The house still has the marks from where she was locked up. If you go into the room where she was locked up, you can see her initials scratched into the glass on the windows. Now, folks, that takes some time to do. Nowadays, you can visit the Major Graham Mansion there in Max Meadows. And why would you do that? Well, because folks, and I mean many folks, have seen the ghosts of Bob, Sam, and Joseph Baker all over the property still fighting each other. Major's wife, Martha, has been seen in the house and sometimes outside walking the grounds. Even good old Major himself is a, said to be an angry, brooding old ghost that haunts the mansion and grounds alongside little Clara. I've been there a few times back before it was made into what it is today. That was a few years back now, though, and one time I did watch a light move from one room to the other when nobody was inside, and that was pretty dadgum disturbing. I did leave immediately and didn't feel the need to go back anytime soon, though I'd be open to it now. Maybe a bunch of us hillbillies can get together and head on over there and see what we can find out one of these days. The Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail in Gatlinburg, Tennessee is said to be one of the spookiest places in the Appalachian Mountains. Now that trail is a whole lot like the Blue Ridge Parkway around where I was born and raised. Now, At least it was built for the same purpose, anyway. It gives you the opportunity to wind through the Great Smoky Mountains without getting out of your car. I gotta say that whether you like the Smokies or the Blue Ridge Mountains better is probably gonna be up to you. I haven't got a problem with either one of them. They're both breathtaking and to just look at. I've been on that drive through the Smokies a time or two and it's sure enough something I'd recommend to all y'all who like the mountains. Just remember that if you go, Keep an eye out for Lucy. She's been uh, quite often seen quite often by people enjoying their nature ride. The first reported sighting of Lucy was in 1910, when a young man named Forrest saw a beautiful young woman in the woods and reined in his horse to offer her some help. He, she was barefoot and wearing only her nightgown, so the man took her back to her home where he dropped her off. Now. Forrest couldn't stop thinking about the beautiful woman, so the next morning he rode back to the house where he'd dropped her off the night before. Inside, he found Lucy's parents, who were stunned when he told them that he wanted to marry her. I can only imagine the poor man's shock when the couple told him that Lucy had died in a house fire the year before. Her house had been located right where Forrest had picked her up. Ever since that first encounter... People have reported seeing Lucy walking barefoot along the road, asking for a ride home. Some have actually picked her up and took her to where she wanted to go. Other folks reported seeing the eerie apparition of the woman standing on the, in the edge of the woods, watching cars go by like she's waiting for a ride. These days, the road is restricted to cars only and is closed during the winter months. To access this Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail, Go to the Cherokee Orchard entrance into the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and don't forget to keep your eyes peeled for Lucy. No, I didn't see her when I went on the trail ride, but I was looking. I'll be right back. You're listening to Appalachian Murder, Mystery and Legend with Larry Bentley. Then, folks, there's the Omni Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina. It was built in 1913 and named the Grove Park Inn. The beautiful Grand Hotel has served as a high-end retreat for travelers who want rest and tranquility in the North Carolina mountains. Nothing wrong with that, except a beautiful woman dressed in a pink ball gown standing on the fifth floor balcony leaning over to have a look at the beautiful mountain scene. And there's nothing wrong with that until she loses her balance and falls five stories to the ground below. Of course, that ends in tragedy as the woman didn't survive. But all ain't lost because it looks like her spirit did make it. Many a traveler have reported encounters with the so-called pink lady since the 1940s. Matter of fact, they see her quite often. She's a friendly ghost that... Loves to roam the wide halls of the hotel, but likes a good prank, which she plays on the guests and the hotel staff as well. She appears to folks as either a bright, wispy mist of pink or fully manifest as a full apparition wearing a pink ball gown. She's said to be quite playful. She likes to move objects around a room just to mess with the guests of the motel or uh, maybe the move the hotel employees' belongings so they have to hunt for them. She enjoys turning lights off and on and all throughout the hotel, and she'll also turn off the air conditioners and turn them back on in the guest room. Her favorite room to haunt is 554, which, or 545, I'm sorry, which is the supposedly the room where she fell to her death from. She's said to have a way with young children, even, who often tell their parents about the sweet lady wearing a pink dress who played with them. Many guests find her sudden appearance unnerving, but long-time employees are pretty much used to her and get along with her. So if you'd like to encounter the beautiful vision in pink, maybe run down and check out the Omni Grove Park Inn. Just don't forget your ghost-finding equipment. Maybe you'll end up with your own Appalachian ghost story to tell by the time you leave. I got one more and i'll let you attend to your holiday at hand folks dudley town connecticut was never a national town it sits in the Appalachian mountains of the state name was given in you know to part of the town of cornwall that included several members of the dudley family you know kind of like max meadows is it's a census location Yeah. Maybe I need to start looking into these census locations. Seems like that's where the weird all likes to go hold its conventions, don't it? But Dudley Town was settled in the early 1740s by Thomas Griffiths, uh, followed by Gideon Dudley, and by 1753, Barzillai Dudley and Abel Dudley, along with Martin Dudley, joining them a few years later. A few other families moved in and settled there too. Dudley Town was converted from forest to farmland and families tilled the land for generations. Nowadays, if you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, folks skip going to Dudley Town because Dudley Town is said to be haunted. From what I could gather, the founders of the town were descendants from a man named Edmund Dudley, an English nobleman who was beheaded for treason during the reign of Henry VIII. Now, there's only a a story that old, old man Edmund went full whack-a-doodle and the king didn't want anything to do with or be associated with it, it being in his reign. So the only pertinent alternative was to remove the source of his pain by dragging Sir Edmund out to the chopping block and taking off his diseased head. From that moment on, the Dudley family was praised placed under a curse which followed them across the Atlantic all the way over to America and right straight into Dudley Town, where apparently it likes starting taking up census locations. Now, the curse is blamed for the instance of crop failures, mental illness, as well as several murders and suicides, along with folks just dropping dead in their tracks for no apparent reason at all over, the, over in all over the village. Now, which makes me think that there was probably something to the story of Sir Edmund being about a half-bubble-off plum. Now, records have also shown that the land uh, was originally occupied by the Mohawk Nation as sacred ground, which is another reason that today Dudley Town is a ghost town, and I mean literally. After the folks that were still alive decided enough was enough and high-tailed it the hell out of there, uh, through the years, there have been so many sightings of everything from orbs to full-body apparitions that the police finally closed down to access to the place, saying that it was just plain unsafe for anybody to lumber around in. Of course, an Appalachian going to be in an Appalachian and go check things out, closed down or not. That's where we still get the reports of ghosts, orbs, and about anything else you can dream up, along with some you probably can't being seen there to this very day most folks who go there swear they'll never go back that's how scary it is so if you're walking the a.t and around about that area and you're anything like me be careful when you go check it out because i know y'all will ain't no telling what's hanging around there in them woods oh and if you get there before me and have already been there maybe and ain't going back just let me know what you saw i'd like to hear about it Folks, hope you enjoyed our stories today. If you have, please wait and review the podcast, uh, and don't forget to follow us on whatever media you listen on. Come on over to our Facebook group, Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend Podcast, where we talk Appalachian or anything else you want to bring up. I'll be back real soon with another Appalachian Murder, Mystery, or Legend, and I'll see you then. Have a happy and safe Halloween.